Welcome to The Kingdom is for Everyone. This is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. I'm your host, Matthew Hester, and I am so thankful that you are here joining us for another podcast episode that we pray is informative, encouraging, and then, of course, brings you a shot, uh, uh, hopefully a hundred-proof shot of righteousness, peace, and joy. I do want to thank here at the beginning of this podcast episode our Hester Ministries monthly supporters. You help make this podcast a reality along with many other things that we do here at Hester Ministries. If you would like to get some more information on becoming a monthly support partner, go to hesterministries.org slash partner, and you can find out uh, what things are available there for you to be a part of. Uh, And then also, um, we'd love for you to uh, be a part of this program. And you may say, well, how can I do that? Well, go to our podcast homepage, anchor.fm slash the kingdom four. That's the number four, the kingdom for everyone. And you'll see a tab there where you can leave us a message. So you can leave a message, a comment, perhaps ask about some topic that we can cover in a future podcast episode. We'd love for you to participate in this podcast, not just be a listener. You can also support this podcast directly. Again, all that information is on the homepage. So now with that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into the meat of this session. This is episode eight, and we're going to be talking about the role of Scripture. There was something that I said in our episode, in episode seven, uh, touching on some of the different ways that we view Scripture, and I just thought, you know what, it'd probably be helpful if I went ahead and broke that down a little bit more. And you might be asking yourself, well, what does uh, the role of Scripture in my life have to do with righteousness, peace, and joy? Well, um, it has a lot to do with it, because based on how we interpret or translate Scripture can inform what we believe about God, what we believe about our neighbor, what we believe is our ultimate assignment and destiny as the body of Christ. Why are we here? And if we have this really negative picture or we have this expectation that God's going to destroy everyone and, you know, with different skewed end time perspective and things like that, or that God, you know, there are times where he asks things of us that are uh, not only morally questionable, but you know, are have devastating consequences. Oh, but but God told us to do that, or we view that scripturally as accurate. Well, then, yeah, the, the Bible, Scripture, can rob us if we're not careful of righteousness, peace, and joy. And so, hopefully, some of the things that I can share over the next couple minutes here will help us in how we approach and handle Scripture. And I will just give a disclaimer up front: uh, you you could do entire like series, teaching series on some of this stuff. So I'm going to try to make it palatable to where we can take it, consider it, process some of that thought in our own lives, and hopefully it'll help us. You know, and what's great about this podcast is, you know, we've got uh, an episode every week, and so we can get into it further as, you know, we we feel like it's necessary. Uh, And so before I jump completely into that, I just want to take a quick uh, sponsored break here, and we'll be right back on the other side in 30 seconds. Okay, we're back. And so I, I want to jump into this topic on the role of Scripture. And if we need to, again, I'm fine. We don't have to rush through this. We can do a couple of episodes or more on this. Uh, one thing I do want to get to before too long is on processing grief. And that's something that is very personal to me and I know uh, has impacted everyone at some level. And uh, But yeah, first I wanted to, to, to deal with some of this. Um, so essentially, there are... There, there are three primary ways that we approach how we receive from Scripture, how we process it, how we apply it to our lives. And, and these are the three main ones. The first one is inspiration. So, so we'd say all Scripture is inspired. I like to use the word 
that God breathed on it, which is another way of saying he allowed it or he permitted things things to be written. And uh, and so inspiration really has to be the back wall. If, if we don't believe that Scripture is inspired or that it's breathed on by God, well, then what's the point? It, it, it's, it's a nice volume. It's full of lots of story, stories that we can learn morals from and, you know, we, we can gain some wisdom from. But if it's not inspired, it, it truly is no different from any other book. So it, it has to be inspired or otherwise, what's the point? So biblical inspiration, it's basically the doctrine in Christian theology that the human authors and editors of the Bible were somehow led or influenced by God with the result that their writings may be designated in some sense as the Word of God. Now, there's lots of debate on this. You know, the, the Bible we have in front of us today, the modern Bible of 66 books, uh, you realize uh, if you go back further in history, it had more than that. And so there's councils and there's criteria and all these different kinds of things uh, that you know, people decided this is how we're going to get the modern volume that we have today. And again, we could debate and discuss that at length, but that's not the purpose of this episode. So first you have inspiration. Second, you have authority. Maybe you've heard that before about, well, the Bible's authoritative. And I would suggest, yes, it is when it's authoritative. there, There is tons of scripture references that I, I know, I'm not trying to project this, I, I, that I do not believe are authoritative, and you don't believe are authoritative. Can I give you some examples? Um, when's the last time you seriously considered, okay, seriously, that when your, your son or your daughter rebelled against you, that you were supposed to take them into the street, into the center of the town, and have the townspeople stone them to death? Mm, nope. So th- that's in the Bible. That doesn't mean that it has authority in your life. And uh, no one, none of us are losing sleep over that. Now, rebellious kids, yeah, we have to deal with them, but I don't think any of us seriously have ever pondered taking them out into the street and stoning them. Or what about, um, you know, doing work on Sabbath, right? So first of all, we have to agree what Sabbath is. Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? Is it a set day of the week? Uh, what is it? And, uh, you know, that poor guy that was picking up sticks on the Sabbath and they went and stoned him. The dude was picking up sticks, man. I mean, so anyway, so... There's lots. We could get into Levitical laws. We could get into all. We we simply don't believe it. Okay, um, or how about something like this? If if your if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Any of us? If your if if your hand offends you, cut it off. Well, okay. I think I'm making my point here. And then, so authority. The term biblical authority refers to the extent to which commandments and doctrines within the Old and New Testament scriptures are authoritative over humans' beliefs and conduct. So there are certainly places where it is authoritative, places where it's not. And then the final one, uh, you, you've heard this, especially if you grew up in the South, which is where I'm based out of, the, really the, we're, we're the buckle of the Bible belt here in the upstate of South Carolina. We, we talk about biblical inerrancy. So biblical inerrancy is the belief that the Bible is without error or fault in all of its teaching, or at least that Scripture in the original manuscripts does not affirm anything that is contrary to fact. And then that also feeds into infallibility, which is a very close cousin to literal. So literal translation and interpretation of Scripture. Infallibility goes one step further and claims that there cannot be any errors in Scripture, that there cannot be, no matter what. And uh, despite that there's lots of evidence that there are things culturally that were inaccurate, historically that there's conflict, uh, and then what, what, what bothers me, I mean, honestly, that stuff doesn't bother me much. What bothers me 
are the images and depictions of God that are completely inaccurate. And you may say, well, how are they inaccurate? If they do not look like Jesus, well, then we have every right to question it. And so if it doesn't look like Jesus had to get in there. So if we if we carry this approach of inerrancy and then into infallibility, and we just say, well, you know, even though it looks like God did monstrous things, he he's not I mean he he's not a monster, but yeah, I mean, if he's if they if he said to kill men, women, children, animals, well then he must have had a good reason for it, right? And and we just accept it. But um that's problematic. And it's becoming increasingly problematic because the world is taking notice. You know, the, the world doesn't reconcile that God is unconditional love, but uh, he does things that are not only not loving, but they are the acts of a, you know, sadistic uh, tormentor, okay? Uh, and, and so I'm trying to help us here. I want us to be able to think this through and help us to better represent the heart and nature of God. And so along that, many Christians today fall into this trap of elevating the written scripture to the same level of intertheistic deity. So instead of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, more than for, for a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ, it's Father, Son, Holy Bible. And a lot of us are, are, are better Biblians than we are followers of the way. You know, those that were following the way of Jesus, the only Bible they even had available to them was the Old Testament writings, and many of them didn't have access to them because those were those were predominantly um, kept by the Pharisees in, in storage, and so they were taught by repetition. It was more of a verbal repetition. The way many of your common people learn Scripture was by hearing it being read aloud by the priests and the Pharisees. And so when we, when we elevate Scripture to a level it's not meant to be at— I'm talking about the level of God. So the Bible is not God. Okay, I, I hope that we can at least agree on that. But when, when we do that, when we elevate Scripture to the level of deity, we, have, we use Scripture not only to build doctrine, which is certainly healthy at times, but then it puts us in the position of proving, describing, and informing what can be known about the character and nature of God. And I'll just speak for myself. There were many times in my adolescence, in my in my uh, developing Christianity, where it was so difficult. You know, I, I uh, 17, 18, 19, 20 was going through Christian apologetics, which is how to defend, not only defend faith, but a lot of that, of course, goes back to defending Scripture. And man, there's just times you're like, I just don't see how I can defend this. I mean, I... I'm having trouble believing that this is who God is, right? This unconditional, loving, always good father. It's just, this is difficult. And Or things like um, defending anthropology or defending science, you know, um, from from a lot of the, the narrative stories that we have from, you know, Noah's floods, a prime example, or Adam and Eve, or literal seven-day creation. It's like we become exhausted having to defend and explain and to prove that the Bible is somehow this written record of not only uh, human history, which it's not. It's it's a record of God's covenant journey with Israel. It's actually pretty limited in its scope if you think in terms of the Old Testament, because during that exact same time, there are other cultures that have are existing and thriving, and there's not even a mention of them. I, I challenge you, go to your Bible and, and just look up, um, you know, culture thriving in the Far East. We don't, we don't hear anything about that, but it is. Uh, Egypt is, is, I mean, he, heads above 
everybody, every other culture is documenting history, is developing uh, rich culture, music, architecture. The only real mention we get of them, get from them, is their involvement with Israel, right? Uh, and so there's all this world of things going on that's just not present in Scripture. Why? Because that's not the point of Scripture. The role of Scripture ultimately is to point us to Jesus. Let me give you some examples, and we're going to have to wrap this up. I, I, I feel right away we're going to have to continue this in another podcast episode. So here, here's some examples. So there are times when we use the Scripture to, to help for us to prove, describe, inform the character and nature of God that it seems Okay, that works, like Isaiah 30, 18. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you, therefore he will rise up to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait on him. And that's beautiful, right? I'd say, yes, count me in. That sounds like the character and nature of God. But then you you contrast that against like Deuteronomy 21, uh, 18 through 21, if someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother and will not listen to them, when they discipline him, his father and mother will take hold of him, bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They will tell the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He overeats and he drinks too much. And then all the men of the town will stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and will be afraid. That's problematic. One really seems to inform you of the character and nature of God. The other does not. And so, again, it's based on how we approach Scripture. Remember, it has to be inspired. So if God breathed it or God allowed it, there's a reason that he did. It doesn't mean that every passage reflects his heart and nature, right? It means that God, uh, while the Bible is God's story, he still allows his kids to write the story. And there are things his kids believe about him, attribute to him, that simply are not true. Scripture is authoritative when it's authoritative. So there are verses that we do not agree have. We, I mean, we agree that they don't have authority in our lives. Okay, we believe it. Whether I mean, now we may say that it's all authoritative, but we live the way we live is truly what we believe. We don't believe that it all is. And then inerrancy uh, is is actually the weakest way to approach Scripture. Because, again, if you're trying to make this case that there's no mistake, there's no fault or error at, at any level, like I said, historically accurate, it has to be um, um, pathologically, there has to be no error, culturally, no tension. Oh, come on. There, there's just there's too much evidence otherwise. But when we realize that's not the purpose of Scripture— it doesn't actually take away from the power of, of Scripture, the richness, the joy that it should bring to our lives. When we accept that at its core, it points us to the person of Jesus, it points us to the authentic heart and nature of God as is personified in the person of Jesus, well, then it takes on this richness, and it, it helps us to not be so stressed out about it all. Right, uh, it helps us to. I I would submit you have a fresh love, a fresh optimism for who God is and for the future and, and all those things. And so, um, let me see. Do I have time here to, to go a little farther? I let me see here. Um, okay, uh, I'm going to read this, and then we'll we'll have to end this session here, and then we're going to have to pick right back up on this. I just sense that that we need to keep on this a little longer uh, on this theme. So the Bible, okay, hear me here. 
in and of itself is not the Word of God. And we covered some of this in our last podcast episode. Uh, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. That's talking about the person of Jesus. Jesus is is the Word made flesh. So the Word of God is a person. Uh, neither does the Bible have life. This is a great quote by Robert Brinsmead. The, so let me just start it over and read it without comment. The Bible in itself is not the Word of God. The Word of God is a person, John 1, 1. Neither does the Bible have life, power, or light in itself any more than did the Jewish Torah. These attributes may be ascribed to the Bible only by virtue of its relationship to him who is the Word, life, power, and light. Life is not the book, as the Pharisees supposed, but only in the man of the book, John 5.39. Again, that's Robert Brinsmead. And so the Scripture exists to lead us to Christ, the living Word of God, and from him alone we receive our spiritual life. And Paul, he, he contrasted the, the grammar with the Spirit in his second letter to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. We'll have to end here. Not that we are competent in, in, our, in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so in all of our digging into Scripture, our love of Scripture, we have to be careful that we do not rule our lives or the lives of others by the let the letter of the scripture or the letter of the words, but by the spirit of the words. And then really that's what Jesus demonstrated in his earthly ministry, right? In Matthew, when Jesus starts real-time editing scripture, especially Old Testament scripture, you know, I like to say, and it's in jest, but it's true. If Jesus starts correcting scripture, you better side with Jesus. You you, you don't you don't you don't dig in your hills. If Jesus says, you've heard it said, but I say, you go with the man. You go with you go with the God-man that says otherwise. And I would like to submit, that's not him finally um, just telling God to chill out. That's him revealing who God has ultimately always been. And the veil has been on us, right? The, the Our understanding has been veiled. And Jesus lifts that veil completely and fully. Okay, uh, we'll stop here, and I promise you we will pick up on this topic next week uh, as we continue along this train of thought because I believe it's just going to help some people. Uh, I do want to encourage you here at the podcast. At the end of the podcast, again, go to Hester Ministries if you'd like to find out more about who we are. Uh, I would love to come be a part of one of your conferences or events. We are already starting to book for next year, and so reach out to us uh, again on the website. That helps us to look at those requests and prayerfully consider which ones we should take. Also, please go to presenttruthacademy.org, uh, my online school, man. I would love for you to come and get plugged into that. The things I share in little tidbits and bites here, we really go into at, at a more scholastic level. That doesn't mean it's all head knowledge. Uh, again, it's about impartation. It's about an encounter with Jesus, who is truth. And we'd love for you to get some more information, sign up for one of our primary study tracks, commit 10 weeks to having your heart and your mind changed, I believe, uh, at, at a very deep level. Also for this podcast, do me a favor, like and share this, leave a review so that it can get in front of more people. Help us get the word out. Tell your friends about this podcast. If it's engaging, if it's really helping you, uh, at the very least to question some things, because I'm, I'm a healthy believer in questions, that questions lead us to places that certainty never can. And uh, that would just help us get in front of more people, help us to get this podcast going all around the world. It really means a lot to us. All right, God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. I can't wait to pick back up on this topic next week as we continue to ponder some of this uh, 
this topic on the role of scripture because again like I said it really does inform uh, our perspective on righteousness peace and joy all right I want to sign off here if the kingdom isn't for everyone well then it's not for anyone God bless you